Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota on Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington. Home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com. You're listening to Chicken Ann on Finance. Willing the good of SpaceX is hoping to go to Mars, but they're not sure if they can pay their bills. The stock market rallied a little bit, but there's still a lot of fears out there. And we're going to talk about an alligator party that really got down. You're listening to Chuck and Anna Finance brought to you by IIE Financial. IIE Financial willing the good of another. Visit us online, IIEFinancial.com, or call the offices at 832-953-4998. That's 832-953-4998. I am your host, Chuck Fulkerson, joined by my significantly better half as we are uh, coming in here uh, on a on an Easter weekend. Happy uh, we Easter. are recording it on Easter, so happy Easter to all of you out there. He is risen, hallelujah. So it is a, uh, it is, I mean, it's a gorgeous weekend i mean you absolutely can't you can't buy any better weather no and growing up it pretty much always rained on good friday and it did not rain this year on good friday no no it didn't it was actually gorgeous on good friday yeah this was like san diego weather yeah i feel like i'm i feel like i'm in san diego except for the fact that i get keep getting bit by mosquitoes there's that except that you know i may get the zika virus here and again so yeah, this was a uh, this was quite a a fun weekend. We got some time to relax. It was we got a little bit of rain in our area. We live in we live in the Houston area, as most uh, most of our listeners know. And we got a little bit of rain. And last year during Harvey, we got some tremendous flooding. And on I think it was last week on Thursday night, we took uh, we got about five inches of rain. And all of a sudden, here comes the water. Yeah, it uh, is rising. It's making the rivers rise faster than. Uh it ever has before. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like five inches of water, but the river rose, I think, what, 11 feet? Yeah. I mean, it's really bad. It's, yeah. it's bad. Yeah. Five. There's already, there's already people being flooded again. And we just, it was just one rainstorm. I know. And well, like four and, inches of rain. And, and we live in Houston. We're going to get rain. Yeah. Like, we haven't even hit the rainy season yet. So. I will tell you though, one of the things that you had said, our councilman, our city councilman, Dave Martin, uh, shout out because we get so much uh, so much feedback and so much information and he really does a good job of kind of keeping us in the loop and what him and the mayor of Houston are trying to do in order to alleviate some of the problem. I've never seen a more active politician who was actually getting things done than what Dave Martin has done after uh, after Harvey. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we don't we're certainly not a local politics show, but I have to tell you, it is refreshing to see a local politician who who is genuinely seems to be out there busting his hump for for the people that were that were. I mean, gen, genuinely, they were affected. It was a life changing event for mo, for everybody that, that got hit by uh, by Harvey. Uh, and he's out there doing his best to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So kudos. Yeah. And I'm not even, you know, when, in terms of he, like, he's a city councilman, how many, uh, how many people, how many listeners out there 
first of all, know who their city councilmen are or actually know what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, right. you know, how, how does local government actually, you know, run in, in your local municipality or city or whatever? And Dave Martin has, as a city councilman, has really has really stepped up. I honest, to be honest, and it's shameful to say, but I don't know what else he stands for, to be honest, but I do know how he has taken the bull by the horns and worked, you know, with the Houston mayor and what he's doing now and have continuously on a monthly basis, having these like, um, what do you call it? Uh, Round town, table, hall meetings town hall and, meetings that's yeah. the word i was looking for town hall meetings and getting feedback and and not just getting feedback but for the sake of getting feedback but actually like doing things you right. know lowering lowering the level of lake houston uh you know having millions of dollars allocated for dredging like all this stuff so yeah um it's good to see i mean we we haven't fantastic. seen we haven't seen that kind of stuff so it was uh it was it's it's a pleasure to read about it on facebook when it does come up and speaking of facebook last week facebook was in the news greatly uh it was a humongous uh day for facebook to be in the news and then this week we saw facebook uh start to uh start to rally a little bit as we saw that uh, that facebook was able to kind of pick up uh some steam it, it it had a really really rough go of things last week um you're sorry excuse me two weeks prior and it has for a number of weeks but it's actually you know it's put in a potential double bottom uh and, and this is what i had talked about on the show last week i said is facebook uh at an area where people might be willing to buy it and that was at about 150 bucks a share it's rallied up to about 160 about 10 dollars a share just in a couple of days and so a lot of people are are getting really amped up and hyped up about facebook i am not one of them uh, i'll just add that in but it was up 4.42 percent uh on the on the the trading day on Friday, which which was really, really strong to see. Overall, the market was up uh, on Friday. The Dow Jones closed up 250, excuse me, on Friday, on Thursday, because the markets were closed on Friday. The Dow Jones closed up 254 points, uh, 1.07%. But, you know, for, for the, uh, I, I guess the word would be overall, I think the fear kind of continues uh, to mount. I, I think there's a lot of fear in here. It's a, a fear-based breakdown, if you will, uh, for the oldest stock market index that there that there is. And so I think that's something for for us to to pay attention to. And and you know the they, there was a there there was a streak that was broken. Yeah, the the Dow and the S and P halted a record-setting streak of quarterly wins at nine. Which is a lot. I mean, that's amazing that we've had nine nine, straight quarters. Nine straight quarters in a row. And that's what's funny is that there are people that are getting really, really afraid, right? They're very nervous up over what's happening in the market. And they've had nine consecutive bullish quarters. Mm -hmm. And and I think that, you know, a couple weeks ago, we talked a lot about the VIX. Right. And that algorithmic trading that happened uh, largely in part to the, the you know the 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 vix and i think that we can continue to talk about that a little bit based on what's happening with it now well i mean and there's 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 a lot of reasons for this lengthy bullish run that we've had um and and really the the biggest reasons for this bullish run 
starts with the Federal Reserve's normalization of monetary policy, right? And so... Yeah, when you get addicted to free money, any change, even if it's a quarter of a percent, freaks people out. Right. And so I think that is definitely, you know, slowing slowing people down. Yeah. And, and, and I think also the intensifying uncertainty in the the makeup and agenda of the administration, the, the presidential administration. There's people, it's... Uh, as of late, it's sort of been a revolving door right. know, in the administration. Yeah, and, and, and you couple that with the trade war fears, right? The fears of, of tariffs uh, at China, the, 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 the steel tariffs, all those things together, right? Those three things together are enough to increase the fear index. So we saw the fear index or the VIX take a pretty big jump over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it did come down on Friday by about 12.5%, but it is very correlated with the market kind of coming down. And so what is that VIX? The VIX is the volatility of the S&P 500. So what it does is it, it essentially tells the market, what do we expect the S&P 500 to do over the next 30 days? And the higher that VIX is, the the more expensive insurance costs and what is insurance insurance are options options are more expensive when there is more fear right think about a think about a uh, well think about a flood should you buy flood insurance before the flood or after the flood before of course you should buy insurance before the flood but when do most people buy it after the flood after the flood and after the flood what happens to the price of the insurance it goes up it goes up so the same thing happens in the market with the with the index or excuse me with the with the options options are designed to be stock market insurance and so when, do you mean that they're not meant to be a gambling vehicle to to trade the stock market well, mr fulkerson well i wouldn't call it gambling <laughs> i wouldn't call it gambling now, now there That's are where a lot of <laughs> yeah inexperienced uh traders blow up their accounts though. it is it is traders and and even regular you know investors they'll They'll say, hey, what do I, 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 I took a little course on these options things. I'm going to go try this out, man. Man, we love you guys. Um, because what happens is those guys don't really know the, pro- the proper way to do it. But what those options are designed to be, they're designed to be insurance policies against stock. They're hedging tools. And so if you think about the nature of insurance, the longer term insurance that you buy, the, the, the more expensive it's going to be out of pocket up front, but the cheaper it's going to be long term. Um, like on a month to month or a day to day basis. Well, when you look at the VIX and the VIX, the volatility index has risen. What that does is that's a major price indicator of the options. And so if the VIX is going up, that means that your insurance costs are rising. Well, if your insurance costs rise too high, nobody's going to buy the insurance. And so then you might see a little bit of a pullback in the VIX, but the pullback in the VIX happens when the market goes up. So a really good indicator of market movement, a good confirming tool of market movement is to, to, to take a look overall at the VIX. Now, I will give you a, a quick heads up about that VIX, that volatility index. Um, the VIX itself rose while the market was still going up at the end of January. And when the VIX goes up while the market's going up, that's a strong indication of overall weakness. So I'll give you an example from uh, February the 4th until February the 29th. The VIX went from nine to about 14. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot. Oh, it went up five. Well, nine to 14 is about a 40 percent increase in the VIX. 
and a 40% increase in the VIX should have given people a little bit of, hey, uh, what's happening here? And then, oh, by the way, uh, by February the 5th, that VIX was up at 50. So it went from 9 to 14 while the market was still going up. And then it went to 50 in about three days. So in about three days, it went as high as 50. Now it's sitting at about 20. Uh, as of uh, when we're recording, the VIX is sitting at about 20. And, and that's down, obviously, significantly from the 50 uh, point. But fear is higher now than it has been in a really, really long time. Now, I will tell you, we had, we had one of these spikes in the VIX uh, back in 2015, we had a we had a big spike up in the VIX that scared a lot of people, and eventually the market just kind of settled back down, came back down. Uh, but overall, knowing where that VIX is going to be is an important part to how you're going to play your investing plan over time. So let's turn our attention to our news. We love to do a segment every week about the news and what's happening in the news, and we always start the news the right way. But is news really news anymore, or is news activism? Oh, well, if you ask high school students, they would tell you that news is activism. Yeah, that's a funny, well, not a funny story, but tell that story, because I don't know if a lot of people heard that, and and I'd like to kind of get your impact, your, your opinion on that before we dive into our news stories. On my Twitter feed, there was a, an, a clip from an interview with one of the Parkland students. And they were asking her how she felt about how things were, how opinions were getting out to the public and attention was being paid to, uh, you know, that very, very serious shooting situation. And something she said was quite alarming to me. And she said, we are so happy that we're on the news because news journalism is activism. Yeah, see, I have a problem thought, with that holy moly, like this is the reason why we're watching journalism just completely crumble before our eyes. I don't, the, the concept of journalistic integrity in my mind doesn't even exist anymore. No. Because and I think it really over the last decade, right. Is, you know, it just began to completely crumble. Well, it's, and it's not, well, just, I shouldn't say began it, 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 it accelerated has. its demise. Well, and, and you know, it's not just television. A lot of people blame it on television, right? You've got you. And by the way, I am, I am news agnostic. I don't care if you like Fox. I don't care if you like MSNBC. I don't care if you like CNN. I don't care if you like RTN. I don't care what you like. I hate it all. Um, and because all of them are designed to kind of push their own agenda. And But it's not just TV news either. I mean, there is the, 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 the far left reaching, uh, typically the reporting of the New York Times and the New York Post versus the far right reachings of, of, I can't even think of one, frankly, because I don't know if there are any newspapers <laughs> that are, that are, that are leaning to the right. But my point is, is that there is, it's, there's no, just where do I get the news? Where do I just get the information without having an unbiased, uh, an unbiased side? And I find that to be an interesting thing. That's one of the things I do like about investing is that investing, if you turn the news off, the only truth is the truth that happens through price. Price is truth in a market. If a market believes that something is overvalued and overpriced, it's going to go down. If it believes that it's undervalued and underpriced, it's going to go up. And so the, when, when the only truth is price, if you can follow that, it's going to give you a little bit of an edge. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and of course, we're talking just when it comes to investing. Speaking of yeah. truth... 
Yeah. That's, that's truth with a small T. Yeah, that's a small T. That's definitely a small T. A small T truth. Yeah, we, there are big T truths, big but T truths. small T truth. Uh, that, he that has would, risen. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> but the... the uh, so when we look at some news, there is one, though, that was a completely true news story that we're going to pull out today. This is the best news of the weird. Weird, 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 weird. That you have ever pulled out. Well, so you know how people have gender reveal parties? They have gender reveal parties. Like you, you, you cut into a cake, and if the inside of the cake is blue, it's a boy, and if it's pink, it's a girl, right? Yeah, you know when I had my gender reveal party? Do you remember ours? Yeah, it's called birth. Mm, it's when I pushed out the 10-pound watermelon after 23 and a half hours of labor. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was our, my gender reveal. Our gender, our gender reveal party is called birth. Let's check the plumbing. Uh, oh, look. I see there's an extra pipe. It's a boy. We check the plumbing. So there was a a gender reveal party, and uh, this is a story from the Huffington Post, and we'll put a link to this in our Twitter feed. Oh, yes, we will. Uh, And this came from the great state of Louisiana. Louisiana. The great state of Louisiana. Now, in the great state of Louisiana, I'm going to read you the the title of the article, and then I'm going to read you the subtitle, because there's a subtitle. It says... Man uses live alligator for his baby's gender reveal party. Subtitle, what could possibly go wrong? I couldn't even believe that this was a real story until I watched the video. So this was a video posted by the grandmother-to-be, Melanie uh, Melody Clybert, posted on Facebook. And uh, Mike Clybert, who is... An alligator wrangler and trainer, and he runs Clybert's Turtle and Alligator Farm in Hammond, Louisiana. So uh, that at least we know it's a trained gator wrangler, but it's just odd to see a gator on a lawn. And there's a full video of this. And and Mike, the Gator King, grabbed a 12 year old who falls on the ground and almost becomes lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, the Gator King with children around him, grabs a gator's face and gently now by the way it's obvious he knows what he's doing no one should try to do this um he he puts a watermelon into the gator's face and what do you think the gator does chomp down chomp down on the watermelon and it's blue it's blue we're having a boy having a boy having a boy so the greatest gender reveal party of all time is when a gator chomps down on a watermelon and somehow they got a blue watermelon i don't know how they did that maybe they pumped it full of dye maybe you think no, I think maybe that they actually <laughs> grow blue watermelons. All right. It's Louisiana. You never know. You never know. Now, they said that um, there are they are a big part of our family. So why not incorporate them into the reveal? And uh, as he's doing this, I mean, this is clearly in like a, a, a rural, a, you know, not rural. I'm sorry, a, a suburban community. Right. You can see houses and cars around. Yeah, it's. Oh, there it is. That the, in in the article, uh, they drilled a hole in it and added some Jello. Oh, that would work. That's there you go. nice. Mm-hmm. So now the, ga- the gator is sixty one years old. That was in here, a sixty one year old gator that his grandfather hatched in nineteen fifty seven. Um, her name is Sally. She's appeared in TV commercials and the TV show American Horror Story. I mean, this is a this is a famous gator. So she's used to being around people. But the Louisiana Department. Now, I will tell you, as as people in Twitter love to do, they were in an uproar. 
They were in an uproar. Uh, They expressed concern for the animal's well-being. The Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries said, Sally doesn't appear to be in any harm, uh, but it's not wise to have a dangerous animal in such a demonstration so close to humans, especially children. Of course. It's, I mean, still a wild animal. I think it's awesome. It was pretty legendary. I think but... it's awesome. So there's one of our uh, news news stories of the week, and that one took up most of our time for the entire segment. But it's it's great, and if you oh get a gosh, chance, you need that. to you need to uh, <laughs> you need to watch it. So here's another one that's a little bit more focused on the market, and this one came from uh, Investing.com, and this is uh, President Trump decided he's going after somebody, and if he's going to go after somebody, who's he going to go after? Amazon. So President Trump launched attack against Amazon. Yeah. In, in this article, it talks about President Trump launching a second attack in a week on Amazon.com uh, on Saturday, accusing the world's biggest online retailer of getting unfairly cheap rates from the U.S. Postal Service and not paying enough tax. So I've heard and, and this could just be rumor. Um, I've heard from multiple uh, sources, if you will say, uh, sources, that that there are rumblings through the government about Amazon. And the fear is that Amazon is close to being, um, I don't want to say shut down, but highly regulated just simply because they are taking over so many companies and so much business. And they're controlling so much of the economy that there is uh, a fear that, 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 that they're going to come in and break up Amazon, you know, back, back the way in, you know, in the early 1900s, they broke up standard oil into Exxon and Chevron and all the other companies. There's a, there is, I've heard on a number of occasions that Amazon is close to that occurring. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I could see that happening. Well, investors reacted a little bit to that, supposed regulatory action and Amazon shares dropped about a little over 3% over Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. There's that's something that definitely scares them. You know, if, if they, if they do rein in the company's power, there's antitrust and anti-competition laws that Amazon, I mean, if Amazon wants to, if you're a small business and Amazon wants to shut you down, they're shutting you down. There's no getting around it. I mean, there's no, ifs, ands, or buts. And frankly, if you're a big business and Amazon wants to shut you down, they can shut you down. Uh, and so the Sherman Antitrust Act is designed to, to prevent that and, and, and the monopolies and all those things that Amazon has become such a convenience for us as consumers. And it, it's almost like, the, uh, it's almost like the, the thing in Jurassic Park uh, where Jeff Goldblum says, you, we were so excited with what you can do. You stop to ask yourself what you should do. Um, yeah, should Amazon be as big as it is? You know, and we, we just went to last weekend, we went to the GK Chesterton conference, right? Right. And during one of the talks when it, when he was talking about economic GK Chesterton's economic theories, he was, he was saying how important it is. And I think it, it really is very important for all of us to make conscious decisions about where we're putting our dollars. Right. Where are we buying from? And it doesn't mean that if you buy from Amazon that you're 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 not supporting a small business. You could be. Uh, but but just being very conscious of where how we are being good stewards of the money that has been entrusted to us and not only how we're you know saving it, 
but and trying to take care of our families and also taking care of the poor, but how we are spending it um, in terms of buying the the necessities that that we do need. Right. And so, you know, President Trump's point when he tweeted about it today was, listen, Amazon needs to pay more in taxes. They they've got billions of dollars that they owe, you know, the U.S. Post Office is going to lose a dollar fifty on average for each package it delivers for Amazon. Uh, and that's a humongous amount of money that they lose because of the deal that Amazon gets. And so is it something that's going to be controlled? And if it's controlled, how is it going to affect your portfolio? That, I think, is really what it, what it boils down to. Some of you may have Amazon stock and don't know it because it's in your 401ks. What's your plan to handle if that kind of thing occurs? And do you even know what's in those 401ks that you've got for your retirement? So let's talk about the American automobile industry for a minute. We're still not buying a Tesla. Come on. I no, want a Tesla. I'm not spending $80,000 on something I have to plug in like my cell phone. This is no you. This is a terrible argument. OK, I want a Tesla because I think that they are top of the line, unique, amazing vehicles. And when my kids are playing outside, I can't hear them coming. Well, yeah, but that's not that Two big strikes. of a deal. No, listen. <laughs> See, this no, is... No, big deal. So there's a lot of cars in our neighborhood that got flooded out. And so a lot of people in our neighborhood have bought Teslas. And I can't hear them coming. And, it and makes, they drive 60 miles an hour down the down our neighborhood street. No, they're not flying. They're floating. Floating. <laughs> okay. Teslas are they so cool. They have to cool, hurry up and float. get home so they can plug themselves in. Oh, Teslas are so cool that they float. And I really, really would like to get one. So Teslas have a number of different models, right? So when you look at, when you go to the, the, the Tesla website, if you decide you, you, you'd like to go get a, a Tesla, there are a number of different choices that you have. You have uh, the Model X, which is, which is the SUV version of the, uh, of the Tesla. The Model S which is the really the you know the the foundation one that they have and I love the model S it's 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 got everything kind of cool about it but the newest one is the model 3 and the Tesla model 3 is uh it's not out yet but it's going to start at $35,000 it looks like a hatchback before incentives it doesn't even look cool I mean, not to offend anybody who has a hatchback. I'm just not a fan of them. And they just look like really expensive hatchbacks. It doesn't look like a hatchback. It, it is a hatchback. Oh, it is? It's a hatchback. I yeah, don't like that's, it. That's got a hatchback on it. I don't like it. it. No? Not a fan. Well, I will tell you, I am not a huge fan of the Model 3. It I, looks like a ladybug. Well, what it looks like is, is that they chopped off the end of it. Like it they did. Like, like somebody like, came uh, down. I'm done. Like, you know, as an engineer, I'm like, uh... You know, I'm just done designing. I'm going to go home for dinner. So I'm just going to lop off the back of the car. That's what it looks like. I don't like it. I'm going to cut the back off. I would not have approved that design. Well, I am. Now, the, the but I will tell you the problem with the Model S, I think for most I think for most people is 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 not so much about the 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 car itself as it is the pricing. Right. I think there's a lot of people who are very interested in a Model S, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that your Model S starts at about $75,000. And so with the Model S starting at $75,000 and the Model X starting a bit higher, I think the Model X starts at about $95,000. Uh, no, I'm sorry, $80,000, $79,500. So you're looking at about $80,000 for a Model S or a Model X. The Model 3 is supposed to retail for about $35,000. Now, Tesla is putting a tremendous amount of energy into this 
because they think that the Model 3 is really going to open up uh, their ability to market to a whole new in to a whole new base, right? The whole new customer. But we base. read about this um, several months ago when they were talking about trying to design a car that was going to be more. It was going to appeal to a larger buying base, and I don't think it's going to at seventy thousand dollars. Right. So there you, was a, you can't drop by ten thousand dollars and expect to reach a huge market. Right. So here's the interesting thing is that Tesla uh, is there's a there's a lot of worry about Tesla. Now, it's it's uh, it's it's bond rating was dropped last week uh, and the shares are down about five percent uh, recently. And and the reason is and there's a there's an article in, the, in Market Watch that says Tesla is just months from a total collapse, says hedge fund manager. And. He, he basically says companies eventually have to make a profit, and I don't ever see that happening here. This is one of the worst income statements I've ever seen, and between the story and the financials, the financials will win out in this case, meaning that, that there are so many people who are excited, myself included, by the way, about the Tesla. I love the Model S, and I love the Model X. I don't really like the Model 3, but I love the Model S. I love the Model X. Uh, but if the company can't make a profit, what people like about it is not going to be enough to keep it going. And as much as I love the Model S, I can't bring myself to spend $80,000 on, on a vehicle. I just, me personally, I, you know, I wouldn't, that's just not my, it's not my style, right? I don't necessarily want to, to drop 80 some thousand dollars on a vehicle and, and I think there's probably a lot of people out there who could buy the Tesla that just don't want to because that price point scares them off. So there's a lot of hope on Tesla I for the Model 3. I think it's too about what that, what that $80,000 or $70,000 is going to get you. Because if it were amazing, you could almost justify spending that kind of money. It but is amazing. we would not justify spending that kind of money on something that looks like a truncated ladybug. Okay, first of all, the truncated ladybug was the $35,000 one. It's just not going to happen. It, it very well could. Now, one thing I do want to point out about this that, that I was thinking as I was reading this, and before people start buying a stamp and mailing it in on Tesla, I do think that people have to remember that there is there's a team there. There's... There's a human component where it's not just this robotic organization where you can look at numbers and make a definitive projection as to this is doomed. It's going down. The company's going out of business. Buy a roll of stamps and mail it in. I think we have to remember that there is a group of humans that are running that company. Right. Right. And they're going to they're not going down. Elon Musk is not going down without a fight. No, no, for sure. And that's really where his hope is. His hope is pinned on the Model S. So the price of Tesla itself, the stock itself has fallen from three ninety five to two fifty uh, roughly over the course of since it's August like of last year. So. Yeah. Uh, but this, I think, is a story of the fundamentals. And this is where, you know, we always have an education segment. I think that the education segment we want to talk about here is just understanding why fundamentals matter. Fundamentals are the company's balance sheet. 
It's it's the money that the company is making or losing each quarter. And if we look at Tesla, the last quarterly earnings, it lost three dollars and four cents a share. The quarterly earnings before that, it lost two dollars and ninety two cents a share. The quarterly the two quarterly earnings before that, it lost a dollar thirty three a share. And the one before that, it lost sixty nine cents a share. So what does this tell me? Well, this tells me that it's losing money, but it's losing money faster than it ever has before. Tesla has lost money every quarter, uh, every quarter but one for the past 13 quarters. So they're 12 for 13 in losing money. But I'm going to read off going all the way back, uh, going all the way back. So there's 13 quarters to read off. And I want you to to note here, these are all losing money. 36 cents, 48 cents, 58 cents, 87 cents, 57 cents, $1.06. So they lost one, two, three, four, five, six quarters in a row. And then they made a 71 cent per share profit. Now, in that 71 cent per share profit, the stock went from 177 to 285 in that period. It then here's the next here's the next four quarters and next five quarters in a row. Sixty nine cents losing. Then a dollar thirty three losing a dollar thirty three losing. $2.92 losing, $3.04 losing. So it went from losing 58 cents, 87 cents, 67 cents to $3. So it's losing money five to six times faster now than it was a couple of years ago. And so what that tells me is that Tesla is bleeding cash trying to get this Model S to kick off. And in in my mind, this Model S is their last hope. And if this Model S doesn't come through huge in the next 18 months, we're going to see, I think, Tesla be a really, really, really negative opportunity for investors. And it scares me a little bit for those investors that love Tesla and love Elon Musk. I think that's something to pay attention to. Well, and I think that... That that is a lesson not only in looking at the fundamentals and the truth with a small T about the price charts, but it's 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 also a lesson in not using emotional the um, your emotional IQ in order to make investing decisions. Right. You know we we need to look at actual data uh, in in order to to make decisions that's not going to blow up our you know account. Yeah. And the other side is, is that Tesla, one of the big selling points of Tesla is the autopilot feature. And there was a fatal crash. Unfortunately, it's terrible to hear about any times a fatal crash occurs. But on March the 23rd, there was a collision and the driver's hands were not detected on the steering wheel six seconds prior to the crash, which means that the car was in the autopilot mode. Uh, the, the, The driver had about five seconds of unobstructed view of the concrete concrete highway divider, but t- took no action. So essentially what happens is that, that the driver was on autopilot and was not paying attention. The idea of autopilot is, is that you're really supposed to put it on autopilot, but you as the driver are still ultimately in control. Anytime you touch the wheel, you manually override autopilot. Anytime you touch the gas or the brake, you manually override autopilot. But the driver uh, did not do that at all. And do we know what the driver was doing? We have absolutely no clue what the driver was doing, and we're certainly not blaming the driver. But the fact that there was an autopilot collision 
Though, statistically, autopilot is significantly safer than human beings driving the car. Statistically, it's significantly safer. It's not about statistics when it comes to fear. And when it comes to fear, there's this, this kind of a thing is going to scare away not only buyers of Tesla, not only investors of Tesla, but maybe more important for the long term of Tesla is that it will scare away the fund managers, the hedge fund investors, and the people that have all the money that would make the decisions on what this is going to do. So if I'm an individual investor, I'm really looking twice before I put my money into something that has very, very weak fundamental backing. So let's peel the onion back a little bit on fundamentals. And I think that that helps, you know, especially as we're heading into this time of year, because this time of year is one of those things it's it's a season. And what season is it? Earning season. I thought, I was going to say spring, actually. Well, I was thinking in terms of quarters. It's yeah, you're right. It's earning season. But I will tell you, spring is a lot more fun. And it is also the Easter season. Yeah, it's the Easter season. It's the spring season. It's bait. Oh, 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 I, I don't believe we haven't talked about this. It's baseball season. It is. The Pirates opened up with a win. That's right. I'm against the little sisters of the poor. Easy, easy on my buckos. Okay, <laughs> we can't make fun of the, the of, of of the the disenfranchised pirates fans. Okay, well, you know what they do. They have these. I mean, I don't even follow it as closely as you do, but you can see they 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 groom these players and then they don't want to pay them and they trade them away. Oh, and they're fantastic players. It kills me, man. It kills me. But they won the first game of the season, thirteen to ten. A real pitching duel there. A barnstormer, as they say. Mm. Um, no, but it is my favorite time of the year. I will tell you, there was a time in my life, and I don't know, you know, we when right as we first got married, I went to opening day like six years in a row. Mm-hmm. And then we had babies. Pittsburgh Pirates opening day like six years in a row. And do you know how many times they won in those six and years? And you got sunburned every single time. Every year I got sunburned. And do you know how many times they won in the entire six-year span that I went to Pirate Pittsburgh Pirate opening day? I can't say I remember. Zero. I think it was, I'm pretty sure that it was zero. It was rough. I'm going to die of not surprised. I'm going to have a heart attack and die of not surprised. Name that movie. Aladdin. Yep. Old school. We're pulling it out of the archives. Yeah. Um, We set up the, the, that was so fun. Last night setting up the, um, uh, projector. That's what spring and, does. And the big, the big screen outside and pop some popcorn and watched a movie outside with the boys. Yeah. Watched and we Aladdin. watched Aladdin. They picked Aladdin. So, but it, you know, baseball season, spring season, Easter season, those are all key, but I think a lot of people care about earnings season. So I think when we dive into earnings season that, you know, in, in real estate, I've said this before on the show, but in real estate, it's location, location, location in, in, in the, in the market, it's earnings, earnings, Earnings and everything comes back to what's going to happen as far as the earnings calendar goes. And people look at the earnings calendar to tell them when a stock is going to announce earnings and what those earnings might look like. So, a lot of our big name companies they have earnings coming soon. Like, for example, you know, we we spent a lot of time this week talking about Tesla. Tesla's next earnings report is on May the 2nd. So, you know, Tesla now they've had negative earnings for the last five quarters. What's going to happen on May the 2nd? Well, Apple has earnings coming up on um, May the 1st. So you've got earnings for Apple on May the 1st. You've got earnings for Tesla on May the 2nd. You've got earnings for Facebook uh, also coming right around that time on May the 2nd. So that's really the 
the sweet spot, if you will, for earnings season is that that first week of May. And this is an important earnings season. This is typically considered the most important earnings season of the year because this is the earnings season that reports what happened in last year's fourth quarter for the most part. Yeah, where people were were buying for the for the Christmas and holiday seasons. Yeah, I mean the 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 initial holiday numbers come in, but what earnings is a, a great way to think about earnings. There's two things to consider when you look at a at a at a fundamentally strong stock. It's revenue growth and earnings growth. So think about this for a minute. Can a company grow earnings but have reduced revenue? Right? Can a company grow earnings but have reduced revenue? Revenue? Absolutely, they can. How can you grow earnings but have reduced revenue? Well, you have better uh, use. You 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 more efficiently use the capital that you have on hand. So, for example, you're a retail company. Retail companies, yes, they're measured on earnings, but they're also measuring measured on year over year year over year same store sales growth. Try saying that five times fast. And year over year, same store sales growth is. And she imp- sells seashells by the seashore. I know. I, I really have to work hard <laughs> to get that one out. Year over year, same store sales growth. <laughs> Boom. Um, it, it's an important thing to look at because this tells me the revenue that is coming in the door. Earnings tells me what's coming back out the other side. So a company like uh, Tesla that has negative earnings, there's a lot of people betting on the R&D because Wall Street is okay if you're not making as much out of your revenue so long as the money that you are sending out is going to R&D to eventually have growth. Where, Where Wall Street starts to get worried is when you're not putting money back into the business to increase that revenue and you're not giving out some sort of a dividend yield. That dividend yield is an important part, you know, when you look at something. So a stock like Apple for years and years and years didn't pay a dividend. It started paying a dividend because it had more cash on hand and its earnings were fairly strong. And this goes along the lines of the maturity cycle of a company, right? Because a company that is growing, you wouldn't expect to pay a dividend because they would be expected to put more money into R&D. But when they reach that maturation phase, then they are going to make those decisions to to give a dividend back to their shareholders, right? Right. That's exactly it. So what a dividend is going to be is a dividend is going to be the payment of the company to its shareholders that which comes out of profits. So what happens is if you've got a company that's announcing strong earnings quarter over quarter, year over year, then then more than likely if they're not currently releasing a dividend, the stockholders are going to start start to want one. And they want one because they're the owners of this company and they want some sort of a return on investment without having to sell their stock. And that's what a dividend does for you. And so how does an investor then know that earnings season is coming up and maybe a lot of these companies, especially the FANG stocks, which have made a little pe- a lot of people a little bit worried over these last couple of weeks, especially um, if, if these companies are in people's 401ks or other mutual funds and say their IRAs or, or even just even just investments uh, in, you know, in, in regular accounts, how could they or should they anticipate an earning season? Well, I think the thing is, it's not just earning season. It's it's 
when's the if especially if you've got a particular stock when's its next earnings date so if you just go to google um you know uh next mastercard earnings date and and i for mastercard I, you know maybe you put ma with a ticker symbol it will it will it'll give you the information in a little box and it'll tell you exactly when it is so for mastercard it's going to be may the 2nd my now you can do that for pretty much any stock that you want just go to google and type next blank earnings date and in the blank just type in the stock and it'll give you the earnings date for that particular stock and that's really really helpful so you as an investor if there's an earnings report coming out that you're nervous about what can you do around earnings well go figure out when those earnings are coming out and then if you aren't comfortable with any risk over earnings you could just sell your position now selling your position may have tax implications to to consider there so you've got to speak to your accountant and understand how how selling the position would affect your your tax liabilities but you can also there are other things that you can do around an earnings an earnings report that you are unsure of in order to protect yourself and one of which is to utilize a tool like options options were designed as insurance against unknown stock movement so if you own a stock and you own mastercard for say and it's coming to may the second and you're not sure what that earnings report's going to be and you're a little bit worried you could buy an insurance policy on mastercard which if mastercard goes down that insurance policy will will gain in value to help mitigate some of your overall risk and some of your overall loss yeah and we've we've talked about options a tiny bit on the show before. And I think for the average investor, the there's, there's a misconception about options being exceptionally risky, but they're not if you know how to use them, and you use them in the proper way. So I would I would caution people if they don't know what they're doing, don't just jump in and be like, Oh, this would be a great insurance policy. I'll just go buy something. <laughs> yeah, probably not the best thing for most people <laughs> to do. Um, what you're going to want to do with with an option or with anything is to have a, a good understanding and a good amount of research on it. We've actually got on our website, uh, if you go to iiefinancial.com or you go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com, uh, you can search for IIE Financial. You'll see that we've got a lot of information about options. We've got some uh, we've got some videos that are done for a, in a pretty simplistic level so that everybody understands how options can be used in your uh, in your retirement accounts whether you're using them for long-term uh, long-term growth whether you're using them for short-term income or whether you're using them for protection so like i said go to iiefinancial.com take a look at the website and you will be able uh, underneath the media section you can find there's some there's some free classes in there on how to utilize options and they become very good to use uh, uh, specifically around uh, around earning season earning season is uh, is the time that we want to most often use options uh, in our portfolio and how, when it combines with um when it combines with dividends what what should an investor be looking at well and i think with dividends as as an as a dividend investor you've got to see where dividends fit into your portfolio not every investor is going to be looking for dividend paying stocks they're going to be looking primarily for uh they're going to be looking primarily for the appreciation of a of a stock that's not in the maturation phase as you get to a point in your in your investments where you want dividends dividends become very valuable when you're looking for that steady income and you want something to come in and there's a number of high dividend yield ETFs that can give you dividend exposure 
but minimize your overall uh, your overall level of risk and and things like uh, things like uh, I don't know golf uh, GULF is is one that is a uh, it's a dividend ETF of uh, of golf uh, you know uh, of golf stocks stocks from the Saudi Arabian and uh, Peninsula and a lot of those are are things that people like another one is PFF which is preferred stock so there's a couple of different opportunities out there whether you're looking for the dividend play whether you're looking for the growth play there's a number of different things that you as an investor can do the key is what's your plan and how do I stick through and hold on no matter what the market is IIE Financial is an investment advisor representative with Symphony Financial, a registered investment advisor. Charles Fulkerson is an investment advisor representative with IIE Financial and Symphony Financial, LTD Co. Annie Fulkerson is not registered nor affiliated with Symphony Financial. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Symphony Financial. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. IIE Financial does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We want to help others, especially in places of strife such as the Holy Land where Christianity is dwindling by the day. But how to help? Here's an easy way. Buying products through the Holy Land gift shop. Every product you purchase at myfranciscan.org shop helps Christians support their families and stay in the Holy Land. Olive wood, embroidery, spices, and many more authentic products from the Holy Land are available right now at myfranciscan.org shop. The Holy Land gift shop, bringing the Holy Land home. I learned how many people we could help and how good you feel after you've helped others. I know Lent is about giving, so I want to give. These kids are talking about CRS Rice Bowl, a Lenten program known by generations of Catholic families. Children love it because they experience different cultures and gain a lasting impression of the people they are helping. You can bring CRS Rice Bowl into your home and experience the joy of seeing your children or grandchildren find new meaning in Lent. Visit crsricebowl.org to get started. Rice Bowl inspired me to pray more and to pray for those who are less fortunate. The Cincinnati Catholic Men's Conference is back. Tickets are on sale now for Saturday, April 28th at the Taft Theater at CincinnatiMensConference.com or call 513-214-1534. The Speaker Conference roster is being hailed as one of the best lineups in the country. In rare appearances, come see Father Mitch Pacwa from EWTN, the man motivator Father Larry Richards, former Moeller High School and University of Notre Dame head football coach Jerry Faust, and the big celebrity keynote, Baz Rutten, UFC world champion, MMA world champ, and movie star. The conference theme is what it means to be a true Christian man in today's society. Don't miss the incredible day of motivation, spiritual benefit, and fellowship with men from all walks of life. Get tickets now at CincinnatiMensConference.com or call 513-214-1534. That's CincinnatiMensConference.com or 513-214-1534. Thank you for listening to Breadbox Media. Find more about us at BreadboxMedia.com.